doesn't get any more authentic than this. Welcome to the VoiceOver Gurus Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the VoiceOver Gurus Podcast. Hello, I'm Linda Bruno. Thank you so much for joining us again. Um, Excuse the frogs in the throat. It is winter here in New York, and I just can't get away with it. So that's just how it goes. But today, I'm excited because I have a very interesting guest with me, someone who's going to discuss some things as a talent manager and a career consultant, which is another viewpoint that we have yet to address on our podcast. Hello to Emily McGuire. Hi, Linda. Thank you very much for having me. How are you today? I'm well, apart from the fact that we've got the um, cold going around here as well in the UK. Really? Now, where are you located in the UK? I'm in Yorkshire. Yorkshire. So just give me a, 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 a like a, <laughs> a little learning. Of how far is Yorkshire from London, let's say? Oh, gosh. Um, a train ride of four hours. So it's on the East Coast. So we're literally, literally next to the beach and the water, the sea. And yes, oh, wow. completely different cliffs? to London. Do you have big cliffs? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Plenty of beach to walk in. So yeah, it's I watch nice. a lot of British television, so that's why. You know, always the dramas <laughs> are in these like cold but beautiful, you know, areas with like these huge cliffs and, and, and water. We do, yeah. It is. It's lovely. It's um reviving when you go for a walk on the beach. Yeah, I'm sure. Now you said the weather's a little iffy right now? It is, yeah. We've got the really bad winds and all the storms coming in. So, yeah, we've got the typical weather. But I think you've had some bad weather out in the US as well, haven't you? We, yeah, you know, we've been dealing with some like flooding recently, some like weird flooding. But Mm. um, right now it's finally getting cold. So for us, it's like uh, 30 degrees Fahrenheit. And um, thankfully, I'd like some snow, you know, but I don't know if we're (laughs) going to get the Christmas season. I know, I know, I know. And I love having snow, um, which is great. But so tell me now, how did you get started? Have you always been a talent manager? I've been a talent manager for about 12 years, I think. Um, Before that, I started as an actor when I was 14. Um, So worked in the industry doing acting, children's entertaining, anything that kind of came under that umbrella of performer. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I kind of got into my... um, later in life and I just I wasn't kind of happy just being an actor I wanted to do something different and be more sort of fundamental in helping other people to kind of get their dreams as well so I went down the talent path route and started a talent agency and started representing actors that's awesome so I I'm sure that is such a tough job because you have all these people to manage and then you have to handle the bookings and you have to handle the getting the payments. I mean, at least that's how it is with our agents here. Yes, very much the same, very much negotiation, doing the contracts, getting the talent out there, submitting them for work. Um, Very much the same as it is in the US. Apart, we have a different kind of payment structure out here in terms of commission rates. That's kind of the way it differs. And you've got SAG as well. And we've got Mm -hmm. equity. So those are kind of the differences between the two as well. Now, do projects, are they based um, on length and usage? Do you, does that factor into the costs of it, the jobs? Yes, it does. Yeah. So you've got equity contracts, which are coming a little bit more into play now when it comes to voiceover, um, especially with the growth of motion capture. 
So mm. there's more kind of contracts coming out through equity now. It's a little bit different still in the US. I think the US, I think you've got more sort of tie-ins and things than we do in the UK. I think you're a little bit more ahead of us in the voiceover kind of contract realm. Yeah, I'm just I'm always amazed at how they can keep track of everything, especially if something is supposed to be used for a year and then mm. a good agent will ma- monitor that and then contact the client and say, okay, year's up, do you want to, you know, and then they either reuse and repay or, and in the non-union world, I'm not sure, mm-hmm. is everything over there union? Um, we, do, we don't really have union and non-union, to be honest with ah. you. I, I, mean, I suppose equity would be the way of looking. The two kind of op- equity and SAG work completely different. Um, okay. And while we have equity sort of packed contracts, we also just have basic contracts, which are for commercials and they're sort of, they have the stipulations in that you would expect working as a freelancer in the UK. But mm-hmm. it's not formed the same way of SAG. So, um, I don't know. I'm not 100% in knowledge in terms of SAG and how that kind of runs. But my basic knowledge that I have, it does run a lot differently. Okay, gotcha. So it's not the same. So um, as far as being a talent manager goes, I'm sure you deal with a lot of egos. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you deal with uh, temper tantrums? I mean, we get a lot of that here. So <laughs> I think I'm very blessed that the people that I work with are very grounded and very passionate about the industry that they're in and just really just want to be out there and kind of working. So I have a really good relationship with the people that I work with and they're grateful for working with me and I'm grateful for working with them. That's nice. So now um, with your talent, I mean, you've got talent that you've been working with for a long time. Mm. Now, what about new talent that maybe you're starting out and they're lacking a bit of confidence? <laughs> do you, do you ha- try to help folks with that? I think with the new people, it's more on the career side. So I work like as an actor mentor, which sort of stems into voiceover as well. And mm-hmm. that's kind of working with different sort of levels of people. So beginners that are maybe coming into the industry, they've not got much experience and not sure how to navigate the industry. And mm. then you've got the middle people who've kind of done the drama school training or done some other in-depth training, but they're still needing that navigation and marketing and understanding the different aspects and perhaps even getting an agent as well. And then you've got the professionals who kind of come through and they're really looking for a new perspective, rebranding. So there's there's like three different levels of people that I work with on the talent side. Oh, interesting. So here, I know with the students that I work with, the majority of them, excuse me, <clears throat> I'm going to have to edit that out. Um, so many of them get frustrated with all the auditioning process, you know, because they audition, <laughs> yeah. audition, audition. And, and sometimes, you know, you're just not going to book jobs all the time. That's just mm-hmm. how it is. So, I mean, do you have any suggestions on how to, what can what can we put in our brain when we head into an audition or after the audition? Maybe what's the thought process that could help to deal with the confidence issues on that? So in terms of the confidence, I think sometimes it can be very difficult as a performer because I think in, within any industry is rejection, but I think performers and actors and voice artists there's so much rejection that we go through say if you do three auditions a week and you don't get three auditions that's three rejections which is a very much different to other careers and other industries and sectors Mm -hmm. Um, and it can be really difficult to take that rejection and not make it personal Mm, right so I think for me some of the things I bring in when I work with people is I bring in mindfulness and I try to get them to do sort of journals and mindful journals and lesson learn journals and that's really about 
writing down your experience of the day. So mm -hmm. writing down exactly how your audition went, what went well, what didn't go well, recognizing the things that did go well and sort of, you know, saying, hey, that's good. That's really, you know, I'm confident and I did that really well and praise yourself for it. It's something that you should be happy about. And then something that you've done wrong, it's it's not looking at in terms of being wrong. It's looking in terms of growth and what can I learn from that experience? So mm -hmm. even if you had a negative event within your audition or you've come up, you know, you've lessened learn, you've reflected upon the audition, it's thinking about the ways that we can improve that as we go forward. So it's taking that negative event and it's flipping it, reframing it and making it a positive because it's a, it's a period of learning and growth. So you're learning from that and you'll do better at the next audition. I love that idea of having that journal that you notate in the evenings or after work or whatever. Yeah, um, it's kind really of nice. Yeah, just to get the minds, you know, to get everything out of your mind, because we can sometimes be really, really busy when we're doing auditions as well. And our minds mm -hmm. can just flow with so many thoughts. And just to get it down on paper just clears it. Now, so many of us, because we work remotely, or and the auditions, for the most part, are not live, we don't get any feedback. Mm -hmm. So it's like it just gets sent. And then either you booked it or you didn't, you know. Um, so I mean, in that case, that's, that's where we wind up with a lot of self confidence issues. Because mm -hmm. I know for me, when I started out in this, in this business, and I moved to New York, it was back when there was no internet, there was no <clears throat> remote casting. Yeah. So I would go and I, I moved to New York and like in the first two weeks, I scored this amazing job and like a SAG job, residuals, the whole thing. And I thought nice. I was set, you know. <laughs> so I was like, I'm here. I made it, you know. Mm. And then six months went of me auditioning. I didn't book another job. Yeah. And so that six month period, because I wasn't getting any, I mean, the casting directors were all very nice, but they would say the same thing. Thanks for coming in. And then that would be it. Mm. Um, and I didn't have any way to gauge um, other than, well, I didn't book it, so I must have done something wrong. Mm. Um, I mean, in your experience, what do you think someone, how can, how can we help ourselves in that process if we're not getting any feedback? So when you've ever done an audition of even when you've not had feedback from the casting, have you ever kind of sat down and thought about the audition, re-listened to it and thought about perhaps maybe this is what I could have done differently or maybe I should have approached that? Is Have you ever thought along those lines when you've done an audition? Yeah, I, I, you know what, and I do sometimes and then I go down that rabbit hole of, of, well, maybe if I would have done this, you know, questioning mm -hmm. everything. And then it kind of makes me insane. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah, what, I don't know what's, what's questioning is, I guess there's a, there's good, good and bad that goes mm -hmm. with that because we don't have answers. Yeah. And I think so. it's, it's again, going back to that journal and also the validation. Um, sometimes we can seek the validation from other people. And sometimes we, we, when we don't get that validation, it's hard not to think negative about things when we don't get anywhere and the audition doesn't go anywhere it's it's more about thinking about how you approach the audition so when you're mm. in that room think about how mm. you are in that room with the casting director think about how you enter how you leave how you deliver the scripts is the things that perhaps you could have done maybe some training or audition techniques or could you work with somebody else on scripts and backstory it, it's thinking mm. about all the different little things and sort of writing them in the journal and then thinking okay did that go well or did it not go well what did go well write that down and then maybe mm -hmm. think about okay 
maybe I should really do some training because potentially I could have been a little bit more kind of confident with the casting director in my speaking with them and telling them about myself, my experience. Maybe I just need to get out there and do that a little bit more. And maybe that'll help me, you know, when it comes to being in the room with somebody. It's thinking mm -hmm. about all the things that you have control over as opposed to the things that you don't have control over. Oh, interesting. Okay. I mean, we can do the best that we can. Mm, exactly. <laughs> you know, we, can't, we can't control a lot of elements that happen. I know, even with actual sessions, too, you may wind up in a session, and here you are booked for the job. Mm. But you might have six producers, you know, in there, listening to you and coaching you. And then you have that one producer that doesn't like you. Mm, exactly. And, and you know, and it's, it's, I always say, well, you know, thank goodness the others did. Mm. But by the same token, it's, you kind of have to get to the point, I guess, of just saying, for me, it's just been years of experience, but I always feel for newer, newer students, because they, they don't know, they don't have that confidence yet mm. to say, you know, my talent is good, and I've worked hard at this. Um, but, you know, how, that's the thing is, is there anything that someone doesn't have confidence, something that they can do other than the journaling or reminding themselves uh, before they go into an audition anything that you think would be applicable what i would say with any audition to begin with is first of all read the instructions and i'm gonna i'll go to the confidence thing in a minute but what i would say is a lot of the times when somebody does an audition, it can be the basic and most simplest of things that gets forgot. So sometimes they don't read the instructions correctly. They don't read the scripts or the delivery correctly. And I think mm. when you're starting out, it's important to take your time and read it, you know, like two or three times and check when you're actually, you know, before you go into the room, have I done what they need? Have I prepared that? Do I fully understand that? research the person that you're going to go into the room and meet what have they done is there any sort of things they've done which stand out for you and you think wow i really really want to work with them because of that it, it's doing your your groundwork so your 360 in shall we say the the audition text mm -hmm. the the role and also the casting director or producer that you're working with as well and that can give you more of a stronger footing when you go into the room because you've got that knowledge so that's something that you do have control of before you go into mm -hmm. the room is your preparation. Interesting. Um, and now you've done casting as well as being a talent manager? and consulting. Yeah, so that's the casting side when I was just talking about that. And I know that you you asked about the confidence thing as well, didn't you? Um, yeah. <laughs> and one of the things that we talk about is the um, there's 360 feedback, which is quite popular and so simple to do. And when you're starting out, that's something which is really nice to do as well. And that can maybe be you recording your demos and sending them out to people. Um, mm -hmm. People who you trust, like your friends, your family, those kind of people who you know are going to give you con constructive feedback. It's not going to be something which kind of pulls you down. Um, mm -hmm. Those are the kind of comments that you're looking for. So with 360 feedback, what you do is you reach out to close friends and family and you ask them to tell you one thing about yourself, which is really amazing. And they hmm. send that back in the form of a text. And sometimes those texts that you get back, you can be really surprised by some of the comments and it can actually make you feel, wow, I, I really didn't think about that. You know, that's amazing that somebody sees me oh, that yeah. way. Mm -hmm. um, and have you, affirmations, have you ever done affirmations? 
Yeah, I have. I used to get to the point where I would actually <clears throat> print them out and tape them to my mirrors nice. and parts of my house <laughs> to remind me I am good enough. I am good enough. Yeah, and that's what it's about. And that's what I am. When I say again, going back to that validation, it's validating yourself. So seeking that validation from you as opposed to anybody else. If you think you're mm -hmm. good enough, that's going to carry you far. So, um, I mean, friends and family. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. So like friends and family and getting their opinion that, you know, because they like me, <laughs> a lot of them are just like, oh, you're great. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they, yeah. especially my mother. Everything I do is great. Right. To your mother. Yeah. Yeah. And um, that's not a bad thing. You know, it's yeah. not a bad thing to have that because we do need that. We need that in times when we're feeling a little bit low. We need those good comments and those people who kind of lift us up and give us that confidence and that energy and that motivation to keep going when we don't get that, you know, when the auditions keep coming, but we don't book anything for quite a while. So mm -hmm. we need that positivity in our life. And that's where those come back. So when you get those comments back, you keep them in form of texts. Mm -hmm. So perhaps maybe when you're going to an audition, you can look at your phone and you can look at all these comments about yourself and just remind yourself, okay, Maybe I won't get this audition, but you know what? I'm going to go into that room. And I'm going to do the very best I can and have confidence. And that's the most I can do when I go into the room. That's great. I I know that in the past for me, if I've been very nervous about a session, I would bring my headphones and I would play particular songs that motivated yeah, me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that energy. That's what you need. Yeah, just to say, yes, I can do this. Yes, I can do this. Because I would be so nervous. I still get nervous to this day. Yeah. But the music really helped me kind of pump me up a little bit and get me, I guess, focused in that space of I'm going to go in there and I'm going to knock this out of the ballpark. And that's know? the thing, isn't it? You just you need that energy to keep you going and that motivation. And sometimes music is about that. I think music we use for so many different things, don't we? We want oh, yeah. to feel inspired and we want that energy or... You know, even if we're feeling a little bit low as well, sometimes music is just there to be with us. Mm -hmm. Now, what do you think about if maybe somebody does go for six months auditioning and we're talking about, you know, hundreds and hundreds of auditions and doesn't book anything? Mm. Do you what do you think someone should do in that case? Should they take a break? Should they maybe get reevaluated by a professional? What do you think? It's a difficult one, isn't it? Because we if you yeah. think about. I mean, in the UK, 90% of actors are out of work at any one point. Yeah. So you've got more actors going for jobs than there is jobs. And it's, you know, you might get hundreds of people going for just one job. And that's where the validation thing comes in again. It's working on yourself as opposed to the validation from other people. Because if you're seeking that validation from others, mm -hmm. you're going to be constantly pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing. And, and you're never going to get to that point of feeling good about yourself, which is why it's important to work upon yourself do the best that you can and see what you need. So if you feel you've got to a point and you're feeling a little bit lost, then reevaluate, look at your training, listen to your demos, have friends who are in the voice industry, listen to them and get mm -hmm. that feedback and just assess. It, it's the 360 thing again. It's the whole sort of spectrum. It's not just looking at one aspect. It's looking at all of you and seeing what you can do and improve. That's great. The very first thing that you should do when you get up in the morning, any suggestions? That would be the affirmations for me, like you said, about sticking up on the mirrors and your walls. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're really, really good. You just need that positivity. Start with that and end with journaling. Yeah, and journaling. Journaling can be done during the day. I mean, you could even take a journal when you sat outside of an audition and write down your thoughts and feelings. Sometimes mm -hmm. just having it there is enough. 
I know that the new um, Apple update for the iPhone, they yeah. just added this that journal feature. Did you know about that? Yeah, yeah. So you've got that as well. Yeah. Which is kind of cool because it, you know, kind of feeds off of the activity that you're doing on the phone and says, oh, you listen to this podcast. Do you want to comment on it? You yeah, know? exactly. Um, <clears throat> which I'm, I'm really enjoying that. I think it's really good just to I think journaling in general is good just to help you center yourself at various times. Mm -hmm. of yeah. the day because we get crazy you know we get so just there's so many distractions do you know any suggestions on reducing distractions <laughs> <laughs> um reducing distractions for me i think um it's really it's super important to take time for yourself and learn to say no so mm -hmm. say say you've got lots of people coming in from you from different angles and you just you want to please people you want to do things and you want to right. say yes to everything mm -hmm. it, it, it's learning to say no and understanding that that's fine you don't have to be there for everybody all of the time sometimes it's important just to take that time out and be with yourself and be alone with your thoughts i think we feel that pressure because as voice actors you know, we run a business as well with yeah. the voice being, you know, the product. So there's always something that has to be done. You're like, well, I could be marketing more. I could be reaching out to more clients. I could be looking for new production houses. Yeah. Um, so to shut it off, you know, to 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 say, I don't know, for, for me, I wound up, I don't work from home anymore. I actually work in a studio. Mm. And that helps me tremendously to shut off and have a separation between work yeah. life yeah. And personal life. But when I was starting out, I would be working 12 hours a day in my studio, mm, yeah. you know, because I didn't I didn't know how to stop. Do you it's have set, any suggestions yeah. for that? You know, like <clears throat> creating that balance. It's setting those boundaries, isn't it? Mm -hmm. um, for, yeah. me, for me, like you say, cause it, when you're at home and if you're running your business at home, I can understand why you've kind of gone out to a studio because everything kind of becomes a little bit more blended, doesn't it? When business and work is under the same roof. So yes. having that differentiation between the two is, can be helpful to kind of switch off when you come back to the, you know, the home environment. Um, mm. For me, I have to-do lists and that's one of my kind of big mindfulness things. It's it's setting a weekly to-do list. So it, it's a work list. It's a personal list. It's family time hobby list. And you just sort of separate it out into like a box of four. And you prioritize the things that you need to complete that week. And by prioritizing your things, you know, into hobbies and relationships, all the things which are kind of important and need attention, mm -hmm. once you've kind of crossed those off, that's it. Your brain can switch off because you know you've completed it. So it's about, I'm trying to think how I can put this. It's about by put, having that visually there in front of us so we can see the list and we can see the prioritize, you know, prioritization between the top to bottom. Mm -hmm. Kind of tick it all off. It's a goal that we can complete. So each step we're completing towards an end goal of clearing that list. And that's one of the things when it kind of comes towards goals, it's making sure that anything that we do is achievable because that's also building back and going into your prior kind of question about confidence it's it's setting goals which are achievable as well mm. and i know and for your audience your... i've just gone off on a tangent doing that <laughs> sorry <laughs> but it also shows your progress because you can check off the things you did yeah exactly but i think as well when you think, about that. yeah when you're thinking about goals as well and you think about newbies coming into the industry when now are you still i'm sorry are you still paper and pen 
Or do you have an app that you use or something? No, I'm still paper and pen. <laughs> I'm, I'm old yeah. school. I think um, having that sort of tactileness and the ability to kind of flow it down onto paper for me is part of the mindfulness. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, these are simple things to do. How long are your lists? <laughs> Out of curiosity. <laughs> so when you have these lists, that's this is where the goals come in. Well, I was just going back to the confidence as well. When you have the um, lists, I have like prioritization. So something which is super important and needs doing. So, you know, like sometimes we can just be sat there when we come home and we can have our phone and we can be scrolling and scrolling and scrolling for hours. Mm -hmm. And then we suddenly look up and two hours has gone and it's like, where is my evening gone? I was just going to sit down and relax. <laughs> and by having those lists, that's where it does. It enables us not to be endlessly scrolling. It means we can click off all the things that we need to click off. They're gone. And we know that we've completed the tasks that we needed to. So then we can then come to our personal time lists and have that personal time that we needed, you know, with our family, our friends. Mm -hmm. And that's where those lists kind of come in. It's just helping us to put those boundaries in place and making sure we we divide our lives into all the different sections that are important to us. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, you mentioned, did you mention that you put it in like a four quadrants or something of... I, yeah and that's the thing coming back to goals it's when you kind of think about goals and you think about self-confidence you know sometimes have you ever kind of had a goal that you wanted to achieve but it was so big that you just couldn't achieve it yeah I, it can be very overwhelming yeah yeah and what tends to happen when you kind of go for that goal and you don't kind of reach it and it doesn't complete yeah, you get frustrated and you <laughs> you move on to something else, I guess. Yeah, exactly. And then you walk away from it and you think, I can't do this. It's not able to be done. Yeah. Uh, so any goals that we kind of need to set for ourselves, likewise, when we do that list, it's setting those goals that we make so they're achievable. So we're breaking mm -hmm. it down to milestone sections and that's what lists are as well. You've got mm -hmm. that top goal and you're breaking it down into those lists and milestones. And every time that we complete and check off a milestone, we build our self-worth and self-confidence because we've overcome an hurdle and that helps to build our confidence and self-assurance in ourselves. I um, am big on goal setting. I have little side passion, but I used to use a, a, a browser app um, called Goal Space. Okay. And it was pretty cool because you would put maybe that large goal, you know, in the, in the center. It was like a, basically a series of circles. And then you would say, okay, so say, I want to, um, I don't know, I want to move to New York and pursue voiceovers. Yeah. Okay. So then you start to create the little steps of what it would take and the things that you could do to reach that. And you put them on the outside parts of the circle. So a little bit like um, a mind map. Yeah, yeah. And I found that very beneficial to get me to visual. I guess that's the whole point of a mind map, right? Yeah, yeah is to visualize it and say, okay, wait a minute, you know what, if every day I put aside $10 or something, you know, I can get to my goal of then, yeah, you know, purchasing a plane ticket. Mm -hmm. So that I've, I've, I've never used a mind map, but that's the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's pretty much going back to the to-do list as well. It's, it's all about goals, setting goals that are achievable and breaking it down into achievable steps. Yeah, which makes sense. Um, so now, as far as being a talent manager goes, we're going to jump back to that. What do you think? Um, I know I'm all over the place, right? I just all over. Because <laughs> <laughs> my brain is like thinking. And while you're talking, I'm like, oh, I want to ask about that. I want to ask about that. Um, 
So as a talent manager, what what do you think is beneficial to help stand out from the others as an actor? I think we have lots of different options. We've got commercial, we've got film, we've got this amazing motion capture world, which is growing and opening in, and there's going to be so much more of it in 2024 as well. So it's thinking about the different things that you're doing. So it's the training. That's mm-hmm. your basics. Keep fresh in the training. Look at what's coming up in the industry. What's new? What should you learn? Where's that gaps in knowledge? That's all tying back to your reflective journal, looking at that, you know, what kind of things could I be working on? It's mm-hmm. also as well doing your research, which is going back as well towards researching the roles, researching the industry. Um, and- it's doing the warm-ups as well. That's something else as well. When you're kind of preparing and want to stand out, make sure you're warming up. You're doing sometimes so many people don't do the basic things such as warming up, drinking water, all mm. the basics which you should be doing. And I think you need to get those foundations in place as well. Make sure you've got strong foundations to work upon. Okay, that sounds great. Um, I know that as far as standing out goes, um, do you feel also that training doesn't really end? So it's like a continual thing? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I think training is continuous. The world's all evolving. It's continually changing. So is all the different industries. Um, When you think about the growth of motion capture, for instance, and performance capture and voiceover, which we do a lot of, um, that's very much acting. So sometimes as a voice person, we might do the corporate, so we might not really act the roles. It might just be a completely mm-hmm. different deliverant. And when it comes to things like the motion capture or scripts, things like that, it's important to learn the basics of acting, which some people in the voiceover world don't do, but it is very right. helpful to do that because that, again, is it's going back to building those strong foundations. Mm-hmm. I know I try to push people that are new to the business if they have no acting experience go take some acting classes. I mean, you might enjoy it, but it's the foundation of all of it. You know, it really is. You can't get, especially, I get a lot of people that want to go into animation. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Yeah. And you need, (laughs) you cannot get away with not being an actor and succeed in animation. But I I think a lot of people don't think about that. Yeah. And moving as well. Some people think they've got to stay really, really still when they do the voiceover. But expression is not just from the the face, the voice, the neck. It eats everything. And I think when we communicate, we use so much of our body to communicate. It's having that ability as well to feel comfortable when you're delivering things as well is to let yourself move and take that, you know, instinctually follow where your body wants to do, where your body wants to take you when you're reading something. Allow it to do that. Exactly. You can't see me, but I'm nodding my head in agreement because that's exactly what I keep telling people. They'll stand. They think they're behind a microphone. They don't need to move. Yeah. I mean, when I'm talking to you, I'm moving my hands. People can't see it, but I'm doing it because that's my that's my form of expression. And that's the way that I process thoughts. Mm -hmm. So it's just having that ability just to feel comfortable. And again, it's it's the foundations. It's the training. It's the acting. It's the warm up. It's all those little things which can make you have that foundation in place and it gives you so much of a stronger footing to go forward and do those auditions. It's a full-time process. Yes, yeah. (laughs) It's not a little side, I'm just going to do this casually. You got to put everything into it if you really want to succeed. You do, yeah. I think you can, you know, some people like when we say about them not moving, some people can do it without moving. Mm-hmm. I think with anything, even acting, dancing, voiceover, it's a passion, it's an energy. And that's where that movement comes into it. Totally, totally. Well, this has been great. Tell me about uh, your website is reflectionscareercoaching.co.uk. 
It is, yes. Yes. And what do you offer? What do I offer? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I do the career coaching, the entertainment coaching. Mine, Mm -hmm. I mean, like marketing, branding, your USP standing out in the market. Sometimes it's just about building that confidence, putting that mindfulness into your life. And it's, Mm -hmm. as you said as well, we're a business and it's understanding and seeing yourself as that business. You're not just an individual anymore. It is Mm -hmm. a business and you are the commodity. And how can you sell yourself as a commodity? And I assume, too, because I'm checking out your website here, you've got these great packages, the actor, acting mentor, newbie, graduate professional. So like for a newbie, do you focus at can I obviously you could adjust anything to just voiceover if you wanted to. Yeah, I've worked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've um, I've worked with people who do voiceover, but it's very much very similar things across all the different levels, even careers, entertainment. Some for a lot of people, it is like you say, it's that confidence and having that ability to feel just at ease in ourselves. And that comes, mm-hmm. like you say, when people are just starting out, it's hard to feel that way. And like you're saying, that comes from experience and time. And mm-hmm. when you're new to the industry, it can be difficult. Or perhaps even when you've been in, you know, in the industry a while, if you've experienced a lot of negativity, that can affect you as well. So it's all those foundations and fundamentals and all the 360. We don't just look at one aspect. It's everything. It applies to all of it. Yeah. I know that um, we also have students that are at the point that maybe they've gotten their training, they have this beautiful demo, but now they are extremely overwhelmed with the Mm. next steps of what to do. So take it slowly. Yeah. Take it slowly. Mm -hmm. Like the foundations, put those foundations in place and take it a step by step and Keeping that journal by keeping your journal, what it means is you can look at your journal and you can see your progress. So mm. perhaps maybe not last month, something didn't go quite well, but you reflected upon it. You thought about it, thought about the things that you could do to improve upon it. And a month later, you look in your journal and you think, oh, wow, I'm actually doing that a lot, lot better than I thought. You know, mm-hmm. I've actually grown and progressed. And that's where the mindfulness comes into it. It's allowing you to keep track, but it's also, there's a fluidity to it as well. You kind of grow without really realizing. Speaking from experience, it's a discipline to keep a journal because I lose interest quickly. Yes. <laughs> and <laughs> so like I've asked for the holiday. I asked my husband, I go, I want you to buy me this. There's these great journals. I don't know if you've heard of them, the Clever Fox. Yes, there's so journals. many out there. Right. <laughs> So I see it and I'm like, yes, you know, I'm a Virgo, so I like organization. And I said, give me this journal. And I'm promising myself that I am going to commit to it because it's like at the end of the day, I'm tired. You know, I've been working all day. And the idea of sometimes I just want to put on Peaky Blinders and just relax, you know. So discipline. I mean, I guess I don't know. I guess it's just like going to the gym, right? It's just like deciding. It's your to-do list. If it's um, like we were saying about dividing your, you know, to that list at the beginning of the week, you have mm-hmm. that section which is important to you. And if the journal is important to you, you pop it in as a priority because it's something that's there to help you grow as an individual. Are you doing it on Sunday evening or are you doing it Monday morning? It depends. When I've worked with some people, some people prefer to do it on a night time because it, it unloads everything from the day and it allows their mm-hmm. mind to settle. So some people prefer to do it then because it just helps them sleep. Um, mm-hmm. Some people like to do it at the beginning of the day because if they do it at the beginning of the day, they can kind of reflect upon what they want to achieve throughout the day. 
And then the next day they can kind of think, did I achieve that? Maybe I should do this. Maybe this could go a little bit better if I kind of look at it this mm -hmm. way. So it depends on you as an individual and what works for you. I know when I'm good and I plan the night before, that's very helpful for me because it's almost like I've told my brain, this is what I'm going to focus on tomorrow. Yeah. And then I go to bed. And then when I wake up, it's like, okay, I'm organized. I'm ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. obviously things are changeable, but I don't know. For me, that's been the thing that has helped the most. Yeah. And having that overall goal as well. So have that bigger goal that you're working towards, but then you're breaking it down into those milestone steps. So when you're kind of reflecting upon the week, you can see yourself progressing towards it step by step. Yeah, that's nice. So this whole conversation wound up about goal setting. <laughs> <laughs> and the 360. <laughs> yes. And I love it because you're experienced with that because I never know where conversations are going to go. We want to make sure that we, we cover stuff that's uh, going to be um, you know helpful uh, for the audience and the new actors that are out there. Emily, thank you so much for joining me today. No, 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 thank you. I'm going to be writing an article. I don't know if you've heard of the voiceover extra. Yes. Yes, yes. those guys. Yeah, they do a lot of cool Excellent. stuff. So I'll be writing an article for them, which will be about for the new year and what the kind of things that we can set in motion at the beginning of the new year, set those foundations so we can kind of go into 2024 with some energy and positivity. Oh, wonderful. Um, yeah, I would love to get, I'll get a link to that and then I can share it with my community. Yeah, sure. As well, so they yeah. can read it too. But Emily, this was a, uh, an absolute pleasure, and I loved hearing your perspective on all, on all things acting and coaching. Um, and again, reflectionscareercoaching.co.uk is the place to be. Um, is there a particular email address that folks want to reach out to you, or did, should they just go to the website? <laughs> um, just me, my name, and then the <laughs> um, website, so at reflectionscareercoaching.co.uk. Okay. Okay, great. Really simple. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I love it. I love it. All right. Well, hopefully your weather stays good. You don't have any uh, power outages. I hope um, not. Well, though, we've got some big storms coming in over the next couple of days. And I hope you oh. get your snow. Yes, please. We're praying for snow. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. So that wraps up another episode of the VoiceOver Gurus podcast. Uh, you can reach out to us as well. Info at voiceover.guru. Get coaching with us. The three coaches we are anxiously waiting to coach with you. Um, join the Masterclass membership because then you get a half-hour mentorship um, session every month with one of the coaches. All right, everybody, have a great rest of your day. Thanks for listening to the VoiceOver Gurus podcast. Real talk about the voiceover industry. Learn more about us and get coaching at voiceover.guru.